Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. Macomb, Michigan. And again, it's an honor. I say this every episode, but it's an honor that you're spending your time today as a being a part of this podcast. Whether you are watching or listening to this, I am a firm believer that it's not by accident. And whether this is your first time or you've been a part of this for a while, again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. And, and my hope and my prayer is that this will meet you in a real and relevant way and help encourage you that no matter the hardships of our life, no matter the difficulty or uncomfortability that maybe you've been through, you are going through, or you will go through, that we can find a color in the chaos when we stop leaning on our own understanding or our own ability or our own strength, but instead looking to a creator, savior, sustainer that has so much more planned for your life, a plan and purpose that goes far beyond anything this world can offer. So here, let's pray together, and then we will do just that. Lord God, we just come to you, and we just ask for you to just help us uh, be able to uh, respond to you today. Um, Lord, we just give you our hearts. We ask for you just to work through all of the um, the, the convoluted and uh, difficult and complicated emotions and thoughts um, that each and every one of us have. And ultimately, Lord, we know that um, we know that the source of death is sin. And so, Lord, we just want to be honest of our own sin, our own brokenness, our own inadequacy. We just want to bring that to you, Lord. Will you please just speak to us, speak to me, um, Lord, and just help us be able to uh, just hear you clearly. Uh, regardless of what we may be going through. So Lord, just have your will and way uh, through uh, this time that we have together and uh, have your will and way in our lives. But we need you. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. No matter who you are, no matter what you believe, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you are going through, no matter what you will go through, I think we all can agree that death is just really difficult to wrap our heads around. It's very difficult to wrap my head around. It's very difficult to to even just talk about it. it, it it's it's something that when when I talk about, it, especially on public or public spaces, or even just this with being a podcast, it's it's something that I I just kind of pray as I'm talking that my words come out clearly. Yet I know that talking about it, that my words won't be able to adequately put into language what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking and I know that I'm not the only one that that feels this way I'm sure that you may be listening or watching this can relate to that I know recently um, the, the the world the nation has been reminded of death through the the tragedy of the helicopter crash um, that, that took nine lives in California but even outside of what happened on Sunday with the helicopter crash and just the tragedy of that, of of the of the mothers and the fathers and the and the and the brothers and the sisters that were there on that plane, and just the tragedy of 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 a life lost. Even beyond that, even I, I know even within my life, my context of the community that I live in, I know that recently there there was a death um, that here and and now scrolling through Facebook, um, I think it was actually last week. But I was scrolling through Facebook and. And one of my friends posted a video of a woman who recently passed away. And he shared a video of her um, while she was still alive. And they were at this conference together. And she was on stage. And she was like playing a game on stage. And it was just really funny. And, and you see her, this, this woman full of life 
laughing, joking, talking, you know, just 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 full of energy and life. And it's just it's just mind-boggling to me as I watch this video, it's mind-boggling to me that the same woman that I'm looking at right now that just has so much to offer, that just has an ocean of potential, that that she's no longer here. Is no longer here and and even though from from birth we are raised realizing the reality that death finds us all. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, what you've done, no matter how good or bad you are, whatever, death will find us all. So we know this. We have the intellectual knowledge of death and that the fact that every single one of us will have to face death. We know that, but still, I know I find, and I'm just being honest, every single time there's a death either that I know about or that it affects me personally within friends, family. Every single time there's a death, it's it, just something within me, it just doesn't sit right. There's just something not natural about it. And even though the world will say, yes, it's natural, you know, it's a part of life. There's life and then there's death. There's just something within me on a, on a just a spiritual level, a soul level, a gut level that just, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And, and, and one of the things that doesn't make sense to me is that we spend all of our life literally focused on life. Like we're focused on life. That's, that's why we live every single day. We spend time focused on what I have done, what I am doing, and where, what I will be doing. That's every single day. And even if you're the most selfless person on this planet, you're thinking about others, you're not necessarily thinking about, well, you know, uh, thinking about them dying. That's just kind of weird. That's not, that's not something that, you know, we just, just think about out of just like, oh, yeah, you know, I wake up and I'm just going to be thinking about dying. Now, yes, of course, there's things that we go through that, that put death on the forefront of our mind. And God forbid if that's always on the forefront of our mind. And I'm not saying that that's, that doesn't happen because it does happen. We are broken. This is a broken world. And, and I'm broken. We are broken. And, and anything that goes off within our heads or emotions, of course, it's going to just re- wake us up to the reality that there's something missing. And, and, and death can maybe come to the forefront of your mind. I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm just saying just normally death isn't on the forefront of our mind. But we spend every day thinking about life. But yet we spend all of our life thinking about life. Yet death is something that we can't escape. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know anything, any, any, any of the dreams or the, or the longings or the desires that we have. We don't know if they will be fulfilled. But what we do know for certain is that we will die. Yet still, it's just still something that we put on the back burner, something that we kind of hide. We, we don't like talking about it. We don't like thinking about it. We don't, we don't even like just even, you know, being around it. <laughs> I, I, I know there that I've shared this with many loved ones in my life, family and friends, but I know for me, I don't know when it started, but I, I've just had this feeling for a very long time that I was going to die young, that I'm going to die young. And and it is so strange because every single time I talk about that with somebody, it's not like a martyr complex or anything like that, but it's just this feeling that, that, that I'm going to die young. And every single time that I share that with somebody, I always get pretty much the same reaction every single time. Just somebody, they, they just kind of look at you and, and, and they're just like, Jonah, why would you think about that? That's just weird. 
I remember one time I, I, I told a girl that I was dating, you know, I, I just was kind of confiding in her. I was like, hey, like, I, you know, I, I kind of feel this way sometimes. I remember her just being like, don't talk about that. Like, why would you tell me that? You know, and and, and I can't blame them for those reactions, you know. And, and again, you know, I mean, it makes perfect sense. But at the end of the day, why is that something that is so just, uh, you know, like, if this is so natural that, you know, we, we know from, from birth, basically, that, that this is a part of life, why does it still feel so unnatural? And, and, it, and it just goes back to the reality of what Scripture talks about, of the, the frailty of life. And not only that, but how originally we were designed to have life without death. That, that life in the beginning, when we were created, we weren't created to die. We weren't even really created to age. But we see within the scripture, we see that, that the moment that sin was introduced, that death was introduced as well. The Bible talks about the wages, the, the, the reward of sin is death. The, the consequence of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. My attention goes to John chapter 1 which says this, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and in him, was life. In him was life. So even that in John chapter 1, we see a, a, a dawning back to the beginning of time that in the beginning, God's word created everything that we know. And in God, there is life. There, there's, there's not death. There, God is the epitome of life. And so we were created at the beginning to have life. And yet through our rebellion, our rejection of being in intimate fellowship through obedience to our creator, we rejected that life and in uh, when the consequences, again, the wages of that sin, of that rebellion was death. And so, yes, so in God there's life, but we have sin and sin yields death. And so at the end of the day, the, the unnatural feeling that, that, that the, the, the brokenness that death brings is a reminder to me that this is not the way it was supposed to be. It's a reminder within us that this is not the way it was supposed to be. But death also is a teacher. Death is a teacher. It teaches us just not only how frail life is, but it teaches us what matters the most. And at the end of the day, everything in this life is preaching this truth. And the truth that this life is preaching is that we have a creator, savior, and sustainer who is passionately in pursuit and intimately involved with our hearts. Not just even involved with our hearts, but concerned with our hearts. And we are in desperate need for him to have control over that which he desires so desperately to have and which he's proven explicitly through even shedding his own blood that he desires and deserves. That everything in this life is a sermon 
calling out to us that we have a creator, savior, sustainer that is in pursuit of and passionately concerned with our heart. And within us, each and every one of us has that desire to give our hearts away. But instead of giving it to the source of life, our God, our creator, savior, sustainer, instead of looking to him to produce a life within our brokenness, within our chaos, we give it away to so many different things. And at the end of the day, there has to be more to life than what we can produce. There has to be more to life than what we can produce. On Sunday, when the news broke about the helicopter crash in California, one of the things that were focused on by the news agencies and even people just talking about it was not the fact that there was nine people on board in a helicopter that crashed. And yes, there, there's people that mentioned that. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody didn't mention it. But one of the things that kind of stood out to me was one of the primary things that were talked about was that there was a specific person on the helicopter when it crashed that died. And, and of course, that, that person was Kobe Bryant, a famous basketball player, MVP. He just had so much talent, so much just influence within the world concerning not only basketball, but just as a just as an athlete and and as a person and 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 everything, a, a brand, you know, there just it's Kobe Bryant. I I wonder if somebody looking at the headlines, just seeing that it's talking about Kobe Bryant and his daughter that died in the plane crash, I wonder if it indirectly tells us that your life only amounts to what you can produce or what talent you have. I, I wonder, I, I wonder, I hope that's not what's 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 being observed and what's being taken in. I hope that's not. Because at the end of the day, if 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 we live life just just based on, okay, well, my life, my value of my life is based on what I can produce and what I can, you know, leave behind, what accolades and what talents I had or or, or what talent that I that I gave, you know, at the end of the day, if that's what life is all about then it just doesn't make sense. What about the person who, who doesn't have talent in, in a crazy way, but it's just, this is a person who's living and breathing. Are they just as important as someone who is, is, is an all-star? And, and, and again, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud and, and stuff, but, but I, I hope that's not, not what, what, what is the focus of this life. To, to leave behind a legacy of, of what I could what I did and what I produced. And, and, and it's just strange, you know, I, I looked on Facebook and, and social media and, and I just saw a lot of people that they weren't mourning the fact that a person, a living, breathing person passed away. But it seemed that there was this, this primary mourning of, okay, this person who had this ability can no longer produce. And again, I'm I'm just speaking out loud, but is it is there more to life than just producing? <laughs> and the answer to that is yes. That you listening or watching this, regardless of what you can produce, you are worth so much. You are worth so much. And the the, the reason I can say that with confidence is because I know that not only are you here breathing, but that you are not an accident. The Bible talks about in Psalms 139 how the Lord knows us. 
And he knows our thoughts and that even before, you know, a hair was on our head, he knew the hairs that were going to be on our head. He counts each and every one. And he knows our thoughts from afar. He knows, you know, Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, you see over and over God telling Jeremiah as Jeremiah is just broken, telling Jeremiah, look, I know the plans I have for you. And likewise, God knows the plans he has for you and, and for me. So the, 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 the purpose of my life isn't found in, in what this world tells me that I am or am not, but the identity, the, the worth of my life is in what my God says about me and, and the length and the width and the depth that the, my God would go to pursue after me. And it goes back to that verse in, in John chapter one, that in him is life. And nothing exists apart from him. But then he goes into later on in John and in John chapter three, when he's talking to a man named Nicodemus and, and Nicodemus is just trying to wrap his head around the, the eternal and, and, and wrap his head as he's talking to Jesus. And he's saying, look, hey, you're, you're telling me that I should, be, I need to be born again in order for me to have life. What does that mean? And Jesus goes to tell him that, look, that God so loved the world, and that includes you, Nicodemus, that he gave himself in order for you to be reconciled to him, that your sin, that your death would be swallowed by his perfection. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And John three seventeen goes on to say that for God did not come to condemn the world, but that the world will be saved through him. And then, of course, that, that raises the question, saved from what? And the answer is saved from death, saved from the, the, the wages of, of, of our sin, which produces death. That God loves you and me so much. That he himself, life, came to reverse the consequences of our rebellion, which is death. That God hates death so much that he came, he gave himself, God himself, life, on the cross. On, as he was dying, he took on death. He took on our sin. He took on our brokenness. He took on our rebellion. He took on our hostility towards him. He took on our hostility towards one another. He took all of that on to take away that sting that death produces. And at the end of the day, the only way that we can overcome death is not through good works or what we can produce or, or, or through even, even us, but it's through our creator, savior, and sustainer, through a life surrendered saying, Lord, it's not about me. My life is not even mine, but the, the, the life that I have is a gift given from you, the source of life. And so in order for me to have life and life restored, life that goes beyond an earthly death, Lord, I have to find myself in you. So therefore, Lord, I'm letting go of control of this life. Lord, help me be who you created me to be, not what I desire to be through my own selfishness, through my own desires, and through my own abilities. That is the gospel. That is the good news. At the end of the day, that is the message of life. 
that yes, each and every one of us has talents and abilities, but if we don't take our talents and abilities and place it in the hands of our creator, savior, sustainer, at the end of the day, all of our talents and abilities will just be left behind and be nothing more than a memory and a statue. But you and me were made for so much more. That when we give God our talents and our abilities and, and our hearts and our minds and our bodies, when we give it to, a, to God, the source of life, he can use it for eternal, eternal consequences. If the wages of sin is death, the wages of surrender is life. But not just surrender to others or surrender to things or even surrender to self. No, surrender to the source of life. A, a exchange happens when we say, Lord, you can have my life. Forgive me for the brokenness within me. There's this exchange that happens that we trade our death for life and we trade our just temporary existence for eternal significance. It breaks my heart, the death that happened on Sunday. It breaks my heart, the death of the woman who, who passed away that, that, I, that I saw the video of on Facebook. And, and it breaks my heart that my, my doctor that, that helped, you know, my, my mother give birth to us, that, that helped deliver us from the womb. He passed away in a, in a plane crash uh, many months ago. It breaks my heart that, that, that this is just what, what the life consists of. It consists of this death. But there's hope in the reality that this doesn't have to have the final word. And yes, death is bad news. There's a reason why people don't like talking about it, don't like thinking about it. There's a reason why we spend all of our lives trying to numb ourselves from the reality of, of, of the one day death that is approaching each and every one of us. There's a reality. There's a reason why we try to avoid death. The reality is, is because it's bad news. But then the question is, is there good news? Is there a hope in light of death? Is there a hope that goes beyond just, you know, what I can produce and what I can leave behind? Is there, is there something greater to this life than just what we can produce? And the reality is, is yes, there is a good news. And the good news is, is that there is bad news, but that bad news doesn't have to have the final word. And the bad news is, is that apart from a life surrendered to Jesus, that there can be no eternal life. But that death will have the final word and that our hearts will never be restored back to the source of life, our creator, savior, sustainer, that we were made for it to be. That apart from Jesus, our identities are still wrapped around the sin and death. Our lives, our identities are still wrapped around hostility towards our creator, savior, sustainer. But through Jesus, he breaks down that hostility. He breaks through that death. Why? Because he, the sinless one, took on our sin so that we should not perish, but that we can have everlasting life through his sacrifice, that we exchange our death, decay, and brokenness for his life, his purpose, and his everlasting peace and security that goes way beyond anything this this world can offer that there's this there's a burden within each and every one of us of death but may we trade that burden for the beauty of life through a life surrendered to Jesus I was talking to a friend a couple days ago and and he was uh, he was talking about that he was he was pastoring somebody 
within his church, within his youth group. And he was just hearing this lady talk to him about how her dad um, is just hostile to God, just hostile to Jesus and and hostile towards a, a life surrendered to him. And he's just telling me as he was listening to this girl just share just the reality that her dad doesn't know Jesus. He encouraged the girl. And, and this is something that, that, that was sobering to me. He encouraged the girl not just to dismiss it and just be like, oh, well, it'll, it'll be okay, you know. But instead, he encouraged the girl to not just dismiss that burden that she was feeling for her dad. That, that just, that heartbreak that, that her dad, if he died, that he would spend eternity apart from God. He would be, he would be identified by his sins, not by his Savior. Because he rejected the Savior. But he encouraged the woman to, to hold on to that burden and to carry that burden and let that burden be fuel to share her heart with her dad and the importance of today responding to Jesus. And so the, the, the woman went home and shared with her dad that, you know, dad, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. You're, 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 you're rejecting the only hope of life, the only, the only hope of, of, of overcoming death and brokenness and sin. And, and, and he was just sharing how he encouraged her to carry the burden. If everything in this life is preaching the truth that our creator, savior, sustainer is passionately in pursuit of our hearts and intimately concerned with it, and, and, and we are in desperate need to respond and, and to give our creator, savior, sustainer that which he passionately and explicitly has shown that he desires and that he will give everything for. If this life is, is, is just one big message and a reminder that our God cares about us to the point that he will do anything to reconcile us back to him. If somebody spends their life in rejection of that pursuit, it's common sense. Why would they want to spend their eternity in the presence of that God? It's common sense. If, if, if somebody doesn't want to be around me, I'm not going to force them to be around me. And so the Bible talks about a literal heaven and it talks about a literal hell. And a literal hell is the absence of God. And, and, and it, it's, it's, it's almost unfathomable to understand just the brokenness and the despair that hell is. Because right now, even if you're listening or watching this or you know somebody that, that is just hostile to God, you can be the most hardcore atheist and denier of a creator, savior, sustainer, a personal creator, savior, sustainer with a name that is pursuing after. You could be the most hardcore denier. But at the end of the day, you are still experiencing grace. Grace, the fact that you can breathe in and breathe out is grace. God has given you time to respond to him. But at the end of the day, we cannot take for granted the time that he has given. Why? Because it's not our time. It's time that has been given as a gift. God has given each and every one of us gifts of time. And it's not for us to get upset to the creator and the giver of time of how much or how little he gives. 
There, there's no reason to be upset because at the end of the day, when we change our perspective of being, well, this was my life to instead being, Lord, this is the life that you have given me. You have gifted me this life and I will be held accountable of what I did with it. And ultimately, if I gave it back to you and recognize that you are the source of the time that has been given to me, you are the source of my life, you are the source of my being, you are the source of my abilities, you are the source of my all. May we use today as the day that we respond and say, I'm yours, I'm yours. May we not wait till tomorrow because at the end of the day, we don't have tomorrow guaranteed. Life is a gift, not a guarantee. Life is a gift, not a guarantee. Heavy heart, may we respond today to what our creator, savior, sustainer is calling us to do. And one of the ways that we can know what he's calling us to do is by knowing his word, by knowing the scripture, by taking each and every day, spending time in the scripture and inviting the Lord to show us, identify within us, what he wants to do within our life, what he wants to do within our heart, what he wants to do within our mind. And as we read the word, we, we can understand more the character of our God and the character of us on our own. May we also use today not only to tell those in our life how much we love and appreciate them and, and to kiss them and hold them tight, not only just do that, but may we have the boldness and that burden to share the good news. The good news is, is that there's hope. In light of death, there is hope. Why? Because death doesn't have to have the final word. Through Jesus, through surrender to Jesus, we can have life and life everlasting. May we carry the burden, realizing that life is fragile. Life is fragile. But there's so much more than this. There's so much more than this. Lord God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that death does not have the final word. Thank you. Lord, apart from you, we would have no hope. There is no hope. There's no hope. There's this brokenness and despair. And that pit that we feel from, from death would just be there. But Lord, through you, there is hope that that does, death does not have to have the final word. But Lord, may we have an urgency within us to share the good news that in you is life and life abundantly. So Lord, help me, help me not waste time and, and ignore the promptings that you give me to tell those around me about you. Lord, if that costs my life, if that costs my comfortability, if that costs our lives and our, uh, our comfortability, Lord, just give us a burden. Please, Lord, break our heart for what breaks yours. Lord, I pray for the families of those that were affected by the, by the helicopter crash and the loved ones and the friends and the family and those that are mourning and grieving. Lord, may this tragedy and this brokenness point us towards you. Because you and you alone, Lord, are the only hope that we have. You are the only healer of our hearts, of our brokenness, of our, of our hurts and our mourning. Jesus, when your friend Lazarus died, the Bible says that you wept. Lord, you know the brokenness that death leaves in its wake. But Lord, you overcame death on the cross. So Lord, we look to you. We look to you. Lord, help us not be ashamed. Help us not be fearful of telling others about you. 
Because at the end of the day, Lord, you are the only way that we can have life and life everlasting. So Jesus, forgive us. Lord, help us be honest with you of our own brokenness, knowing that we stand forgiven through you. So Lord, help us. Help us respond to you. Lord, those that are listening or watching this, Lord, help identify within them what their next step is. Lord, for those that have never had a moment where they have identified that they need a savior, that they are broken and that the consequences of their sin is death. Lord, for those that maybe right now that they are hearing for the first time that they are a sinner in need of a savior. Lord, will you please help them call out to you and say, Jesus, forgive me. I am a sinner. But Lord, thank you for dying. Thank you for dying in place of where I deserve to be. So Jesus, have your will and way in my life. My life is yours. My life is yours. And Lord, thank you that when we surrender to you, we receive your spirit, God in us. Lord, you help us live the life that you've created us to live and be a reflection of you. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, for those that are maybe listening and, and, and they've been feeling you calling them to, to share the gospel with those that are near to them and share the reality that apart from you that, that we cannot have life. Lord, will you please just give, that, give them that burden, continue to light that fire until they go and do what it is that you've called them to do. And me as well, Lord. So Lord, we surrender this to you and we thank you, Lord, that in the, in the midst of chaos, Lord, that there is color when we look to you. So, Lord, we just look to you. We have nothing left. We need you. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Again, such a heavy, hard thing to talk about, but also such a beautiful thing to talk about because there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. No matter what you have done, no matter what you are doing, no matter what you will do, that our sin and our brokenness and death does not have to define us. But through the resurrected Savior, we can have life and life abundantly and life eternal. Heavy heart, rest easy. I'm praying for you. I thank God for you. You are not a lost cause. And I look forward to hearing and seeing what the Lord does in your life. We are in this together. Heavy heart, rest easy. God bless you. I look forward to talking to you next week. I'll see you. I'll talk to you later.